Sifter for the ear. News, interviews, reviews, cinema, TV, streaming, action. Hi, y'all. This is Jerry Williams, a.k.a. TV Jerry. I've mentioned the 48-hour film project on this show before, and this year's screenings are coming up Sunday, July 23rd at Bowtie Movie Land. Each screening will be followed by an audience choice voting and a brief filmmaker Q&A. In case you're in the dark, before the screenings, the 48-hour film project is a competition where a team writes, shoots, and edits a short over one weekend. This year, there were 28 entries. And note, there's a high probability of a sellout for this very popular event, so you might want to get your tickets early. By the way, the local winners go to Filmapalooza, which is the grand finale in Lisbon, Portugal, in March of 2024. And if you missed a chance to participate in this year's 48, they do it again in October for the Horror Film Project. We'll have 75 cent popcorn that we're selling all day. And then at 1 p.m., we're going to have 75 cent tickets for an hour's worth of Looney Tune shorts. And then at 7 o'clock, we have a 75 cent ticketed showing of Red River. That was Courtney Caldwell talking about just one of the events that will be celebrated at the Ashland Theater's 75th anniversary. The Ashland Theater opened August 10, 1948, and they're celebrating the 75th with 75-cent screenings and lots more fun. Courtney Caldwell, the general manager, and Hugh Joyce, the vice president on their board, talk about the history and what's coming up for the celebration. Sifter Review of the Week The Horror of Dolores Roach on Amazon Prime. Justina Machado plays a woman who returns to Washington Heights after 16 years in prison. Turns out her favorite empanada shop is still there and it's run by an old friend, Alejandro Hernandez. She starts living in his basement and working as a masseuse, but an accident leaves a dead body that must be disposed. He has an idea to boost biz by using the meat for his pies. This update on Sweeney Todd is set in a modern-day Latinx culture, and it's very dark without much humor. The murders aren't especially bloody, but they have brutal moments that ramp the tension up and down. This is more about characters than the crimes. Machada is wrapped in the role, with ethical dilemma taking up much of her concern. Her voiceover describing her thoughts is really unnecessary. Hernandez also does a fine job, especially the revealing breakdown in Episode 7. The rest of the cast is solid with a surprising sharp turn from Cindy Lauper. Since it's clear where this drama is going, it's up to the series to keep it captivating, which it does with a solid, sinister tone. I gave the horror of Dolores Roach three and a half out of five stars. So I'm joined today with Courtney Caldwell, who's the general manager, and Hugh Joyce, who is the vice president of the board of the Ashland Theater. Welcome to Sifter, folks. Thank you. Thank you. So, Hugh, I wanted to ask you, since you're the elder member of this group, what do you remember about 1948 when the theater opened? Uh, I don't remember anything about the theater opening in 1948, uh, <laughs> uh, other than what I, you know, what I read about in the paper article that's hanging right, right. in the front lobby. I know. I don't think anybody would remember. So, so what do you know about 1948? What, was it open to be a movie theater? Yes, it was built to be the new movie theater in town. It was at the time state of the art. It was the talk of the town, and 75 years ago, it was a really big deal. So did you go there later? I know you're not 75, but did you go there later as a child? It's funny, you know, I grew up in Hanover. I moved there. I'm a, I guess I'm a come here. I came when I was 11. The, the first time I was ever in the theater was when I met Clark and Chopper and some of the other folks that wanted to open in pop-up mode. And it was, you know, in somewhat disrepair. And that's the first time I went in there. And when was that? Eight or 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I never spent time. And, and a lot of the people that are involved in the theater did spend time as kids there. First place they saw a movie, first place they had their first kiss. 
first place they went on a date. So it has been interwoven into the town, you know, for a long time. It's on a main street there too. So you kind of have to. Courtney, do you know how long it ran before it shut down? Because I know there was a long fallow period in there. Well, it's funny. I don't know an exact date that it closed because I don't think it really ever fully closed. I mean, they would do random pop-up events all of the time. It's funny, just the other day, we got an Instagram message with a guy who was renovating his house and found a newspaper wadded up in one of the walls. And it was from 1979. Wow. And and on this newspaper was an Ashland Theater ad, and they were showing Smokey and the Bandit in 1979, (laughs) in July of 1979. Footnote. For the younger listeners, Smokey and the Bandit was the first of several road comedies starring Burt Reynolds and his then-girlfriend, Sally Field. Which is just was so interesting to me because there's a lot of years, like we have a lot of documents on what happened at the theater in the very early years, but not a lot in like the 70s, 80s and 90s. Who got together and said, hey, we need to renovate this and get it back to where people can go and enjoy it again. A local businessman named A.D. Whitaker ultimately bought the theater back in the 2000s. You know, he knows and and we now know, too, that theaters are kind of like Rolls Royces. You know, they're very, very expensive to fiddle with. They are very eclectic, and there are not very many of them. So for 10 or 12 years after A.D. bought it, you know, he tried to do this and that and did some renovations on the building, but um, it really never got opened in any major form, and it was sitting there. And somewhere along the line, he decided to give the theater to the town of Ashton. Uh-huh. You know, I think their hope was it would become something important for the community. So the town had it, and they didn't know what to do with it because, again, towns don't understand Rolls Royces, and they were fiddling around with it and trying to get some grants, and they were doing different things. We worked with the town, and you know they were like, well, you can't open it. It's got all these problems. And so a couple of us went over there, Jen Chambers, Clark Mercer, Chopper Dawson, and we met with the town, and we told the town, well, why don't you just let us pop it open, and, and we'll fix all the different things. And we popped it open for a couple of years. The town graciously let us do that, uh, a pop-up mode. Ran it like that for about two years. Ultimately, Reagan Phillips and Phyllis Thoreau had a theater nonprofit that was idle. Put together a business plan, went out, raised some money, raised about $2 million, did a major renovation on the building, and uh, opened the theater back up two years later. But, but the idea was we wanted a theater that was really working for the community, but was also making money and could pay its own way. Throughout that process, we did get some large state grants and some private grants to help with that construction, you know, all of that was about economic development, creating jobs, creating an entity that was serving the town. And, and by the way, all of the town, and we can get back and talk about that in, in more detail. By the way, we rent the theater from the town for a dollar. And, you know, our responsibility is to run it, pay for all the operating expenses, and the town helps us with any major capital. Our nonprofit runs the theater on a day-to-day basis. Once you finished the renovation, you had a new state-of-the-art Sony 4K projection system and surround sound and plush seating and nice big concession stand and VIP seating. So it's really kind of cool. Full disclosure here, I actually worked with the organization to do the fundraising video, Raise the Curtain, which is still on the website. And I'll put a link on there because there were so many great stories about 
like you mentioned earlier, people having their first kiss or their first date. So, Courtney, let me ask you, on the 75th anniversary, is there going to be any kind of way for people to share their memories or to hear other people's memories? Well, thank you so much for asking, Jerry. Yes, there will be. We uh, actually have a wonderful Randolph-Macon student who's interning for us this summer who is compiling a video of everyone's stories and memories. She's spoken to some of the board. She's spoken to some of our staff. And now she is speaking to the public as they come in. At least once a week, if not more, someone comes in and just volunteers. Oh, I saw gremlins here in the 80s. Or, oh, my grandmother used to bring me here to see the films in the 70s. I mean, I cannot overstate how often we get these stories. What's going to be really cool is when the theater celebrates 100 years or 125 years, is there are now going to be more generations that say, oh, I saw All Mary right. Poppins Returns there or Sing Too, you know. So right. You don't have plans to share those at the 75th on the website? We, or... we are hoping to show that at the 75th, yeah. Oh, cool. We're hoping to have a video compilation that we can run for people and then hopefully run it, you know, regularly so people can see and kind of feel what I think is the biggest strength of the theater, which is the community support and, and its role, like you said, in it's a major part of the town of Ashland. Um, and it, it has been and it will continue to be. How has Ashland benefited from the opening of the theater? How has it changed Ashland to have this theater there? I can just tell you a couple of things. One, when the theater has something going on, the local businesses all know it and their business goes up. And, and I think that's what the state wanted to happen. And, and that's what you know, we wanted to happen was that there would be an economic development tool. Sure. And then when all those people are in there, they're together and typically they're doing something very, very positive. So that's good for the community and it brings the community together. And those were the two, you know, our two charges really, you know, get the theater up and running, creating economic opportunity and bring the community together. And by that, I mean all of the community. And we, we've worked very hard to make that theater welcoming to everybody. And it's very important to the board that it's welcoming to everybody. And we try to have diverse programming. We've had things for autistic kids. We've had gospel choir programs. We've had talkbacks on movies and books that are difficult topics that bring people together and try to learn from past wrongs. So the idea of the theater is a tool to bring the community together and to help us you know, build a better community. Uh, the, the icing on the cake is all that economic development. Plus, it right. looks pretty all lit up on the street. It definitely does. All that all that neon. Well, let me ask you, so I, I know he mentioned some of these special events. Courtney, why don't you talk about the Toddler Takeover and the awesome movies and some of those other things that y'all do that are special? The Toddler Takeover is my absolute favorite thing that we do. It's a program that's a year old in August. It was inspired by my four-year-old nephew, who is my favorite <laughs> thing in the planet. Right. Um, but once a month, we open the theater on a Saturday morning for one hour. It's a free event. People are Welcome to donate in our donation jar when they come in, but it's free. Um, and we show cartoons, we have crafts. Some months we have live storytelling. This past month, just a few days ago, we had two local performers as Anna and Elsa singing on stage and leading charades. And it is- That's for Frozen, is that right? Is that Frozen? From Frozen, okay. yes. I don't have any four-year-olds in my house, so I have to I can tell, that. I can tell. I picked up on that. <laughs> But it's, it's the coolest event because it's designed for kids six and under. So it's a lot of kids who have never set foot in a theater. They have no idea what a cinema is, but they wouldn't have that opportunity until they were older because it's hard for them to sit in a movie theater. But we keep the entertainment, you know, at six minutes or less per 
cartoon or per story. So they stay engaged and they can eat their popcorn. And we had a full house. I mean, over 200 people in wow. this past Saturday. Wow. Yeah. It's so fun to watch the kids come in because a lot of them have never set foot in a theater before. And they're, you know, and that's what I mean when I say, you know, at the theater's hundredth anniversary, there will be kids who say, oh, well, my first time here was at the toddler takeover when I was <laughs> three years old and I have pictures in the lobby. Um, that's my favorite program that we do. Um, we also do a lot of private events. Birthday parties are super popular at the theater and holiday parties. A lot of the local Ashland businesses have really taken to using the theater for their holiday parties. And what they'll do is they rent the theater for the night. And they'll have, you know, the adults can have cocktails because we've served cocktails and they can eat popcorn and we, we let them bring in other light snacks if that's what they want to do. And then they go in and watch a holiday movie like Elf or How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And it's a really wonderful holiday event for the company, but their whole family, not just like a dinner somewhere or a night out at a bar. That's you know, great. it's we we are usually packed in December wow, wow. <laughs> with our private events. I noticed one thing that you mentioned on the website was kind of cool. For $100, you can have a message on the marquee for three days, which I thought was kind of mm -hmm. a neat concept to make it personal. And everybody sees it going up and down the street there. Yeah. You know, we limit those to happy messages, to positive messages, <laughs> personal no political celebrations. Right, right, right. We, we've had requests and we, we like to keep it positive on our marquee. But yeah, you know, at graduation time for Randolph-Macon, you know, the parents all want their child's name up on the marquee. It's super cool. Oh, wow. That's a great idea. And speaking of children, you also have awesome movies. What's that? Yeah, that's a program that was started before the pandemic. And we are working to get that up and running, running again for this fall. One of our board members works for Hanover County Public Schools. So we're trying to kind of streamline it and make it an event where, you know, and it's happening not just in movies, it's happening in live theater too, but they will have sensory friendly performances, which are just welcoming to audiences that need a little bit of extra consideration and can't adhere to kind of your typical rules of attending events. I'm familiar with those because they usually they leave the lights up a little bit and there's any there's nothing really loud because usually these are children on the spectrum. So that's it's kind of a neat idea. I was just going to say just a little bit more broadly on on programming as we were when we were building the theater and really looking at the development. One of the things we really wanted to do is to make sure we could have a variety of programming. So certainly we wanted to be a great movie house, but we also wanted to be a great concert venue. So we've got a secondary and outstanding sound system for music venues. And then we wanted to do some live theater and comedy and more interactive type programming. You know, for example, movie and a talk back, uh, executive presentations. If a company wanted to come in and do their annual report on our screen, right. they can run their computer on it. So we wanted the theater to be able to do a lot of things. And I think we've accomplished that. We can run a first run movie and we do that sometimes. Right. Other times we run a very old movie. Some uh, kind of theme, I think, sometimes, right? Yes, yes, right. yes. We'll do themes. We've had Bond Night. We've done lots of different Bond Night's always a lot of fun. So that was something that, you know, kind of goes together and lets us do lots of different things here so that we can serve the community. Speaking of special things, you've got the 75th anniversary celebration coming up. Courtney, why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the things you've got, 75-cent tickets and 75-cent popcorn, and what else is going on? Yeah, it's going to be a really fun day. So it's Thursday, August 10th. 
we are going to have an open house from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then at 11 a.m., we're going to have a ribbon retying ceremony led by the Hanover Chamber of Commerce. And what does it's that mean? Kind of what, the, what does that mean, retying it? Because obviously you can't cut it. It's a play on like a ribbon cutting ceremony. We're retying because we're celebrating a, a big anniversary. And so during the open house, we'll be giving away a lot of door prizes. We have some really fun special merchandise that we're designing with our 75th logo. And we'll have 75 cent popcorn that we're selling all day. And then at 1 p.m., we're going to have 75 cent tickets for an hour's worth of Looney Tunes shorts from the year 1948, which was kind of the heyday of Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd and right. all the classic characters. And then at seven o'clock, we have a 75 cent ticketed showing of Red River. Footnote. Red River was a Western released in 1948, starring John Wayne and Montgomery Cliff. And then we are not I do not have the dates and titles ready to be announced yet, but for the rest of this year, once a month on a Monday night, we will be showing a film from 1948 for $0.75. Cents. Great. Some really great titles came out in 1948. It was a good year for film, and I'm excited. I'm excited with the lineup. It's, it's some stuff that I am very interested to see on a big screen. Wow. Yeah, that isn't something you don't see much anymore. Exactly. So that's exciting about Red River. Uh, how are ticket sales going for this? Ticket sales are moving extremely quickly. I feel that we will be sold out well before August 10th, um, which is just a really exciting, exciting situation to have. Wow. And that's pretty interesting because uh, for anybody listening, I actually recorded this on July 12th. So that's almost a month in advance and you're already close to selling out. That's wonderful. And there's going to be an additional gala on top of that, right? Yes, we are going to have um, a 75th anniversary gala on Saturday, October 14th. Uh, the details will be coming very soon and tickets will be on sale for that, but it's going to be a really special celebration. We have a lot of things planned. It won't just be inside the theater. We're going to be working with one of our favorite neighbors, uh, Cara Bodies, next door to kind of keep the party going and, and have some extra space for people to celebrate. So one thing I didn't mention, and I know it's one of the most outstanding features of that theater, is that gorgeous neon front. What was the process like, and how much did y'all get restored versus replacing it with new stuff? Jerry, that's a great question. You know, we restored that neon. That neon is all pretty much still original, and it was basically, we just cleaned it up, replaced what is broken. And again, it's like owning a Rolls Royce. <laughs> uh, what breaks, it's expensive, it's hard. Hugh, do you own a Rolls Royce? No, I do not. Okay. All right. Just making sure. <laughs> you just have all those big trucks that drive around town with your face on them. Yes. <laughs> yes. I always go back to Rolls Royces and, you know, Bentleys and Porsches, all of them. Yeah, they're so persnickety. But the movie theater just reminds me of a Rolls Royce. You know, they're big and they're heavy. And they're and beautiful. And they're beautiful. And they're 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 grand. The the neon was grand. Some I was gonna say wanted to convert that to LED. Ooh. And that was the unrighteously down. And so we uh, renovated that. And the, actually, the guys who originally put it in are still in business, Tally Neon. They still work on it. Oh, cool. Yeah, not Tally. Yeah, I'm familiar with them. Cool. Yeah. Now, one question I always like to ask everybody, when you're not sitting in the theater, what are you watching? I am very into the golden age of television that we are experiencing right now. I, My staff, we've all been talking about The Bear season two, and there's been a lot of conversation around that at the theater. Now, I have to stop um, you one second, because as you may or may not know, I review TV and movies, and I watched the first season, and I just 
couldn't get it and I've started I've watched three of the second it's like it's just angry people yelling at each other the whole time I don't get it well this isn't gonna this is not gonna change your opinion on that but there's an episode in the second season that is a master class in acting and editing I mean and casting honestly yeah that's what I hear um, I keep waiting for that episode so what else I'm sorry go ahead I just can't get that um, well in terms of watching I personally and my entire staff, we are so excited to see the new Barbie movie that is coming out. Me too. We are showing Mission Impossible now, but we will start with Barbie on July 28th. And everyone is very excited to see that film. I'm looking forward to Barbie too. I can't wait to see that. It looks like lots of fun. Hugh, how about you? You know, when I'm, when I'm not in there, I'm, I'm looking at the old stuff. You know, I'm looking back at the Wizard of Oz. I'm looking back at Snow White. I'm always looking at old things. And, and so I'm always looking back or running around telling my wife and her friends what they shouldn't be watching. There could be big press because I'm always worried they're trying to figure out how to kill me or something. So I tell you, know, I have to keep an eye on what they're watching. That's true. And there are a lot of those, those crime mysteries nowadays. <laughs> it's very disturbing. You know, I have to tell them, I said, guys, y'all got to be careful what you're watching. I have to keep an eye on them. But, but for me, I like to go back to the classics. It, it brings back great memories for me, but I love all movies and I, it, it is so exciting to be involved with the theater and to watch it, you know, thrive and to see new people coming in to help us run it and to see what Courtney's done, obviously, as our second general manager. I mean, we're just kind of at a whole new level. So it has uh, been a lot of fun and a lot of people have put a lot of work into it. So we're very appreciative. Great. And speaking of that, Courtney, I was just going to ask you, what what's your background? Where did you come from? Well, I'm from Virginia originally, but I right. Immediately before the theater, I was in New York for 11 years working in off-Broadway theater. Oh, cool. Okay. And then they lured you down to Virginia? Well, I returned to Virginia during the pandemic, um, and I was staying with my family, and theater in New York was hit really hard uh, yeah. during the pandemic. And even once the pandemic was kind of over, theater wasn't really back. So it felt like a good time for me to step away. And I, I really wanted to be closer to my family. Like I, I mentioned my nephew earlier, I have now two nieces, one of them turns one year next week. So it's really nice to be able to be involved in their lives all the time now. Right. So. The, the only reason we got her was because of the nephew, because she would have never probably come back and stayed. <laughs> and we just got lucky because... Uh, <laughs> We had some her great experience of being in New York and being in a theater and doing big events and everything. So we were lucky at the theater to get Courtney. But we only got her because of the nephew. Uh-huh. It's okay. true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I, I whatever Luke he wants, and Courtney's there for him. So <laughs> there you go. And I'm sure he'll be at the opening of the celebration big time, having lots of fun. Oh, he will, for sure. It sounds like he'll have a lot of fun and everybody else at the 75th and at everything else. Hugh and Courtney, I want to thank you all very much. It's been exciting. I did go to one of the grand openings when it first opened. It is beautiful inside. Y'all have done a great job of renovating it, and I'm looking forward to uh, another 75 years. Awesome. Well, we hope you can come by on August 10th. Okie dokie. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. That was Courtney Caldwell, the general manager, and Hugh Joyce, the vice president of their board, filling us in on the history of the Ashland Theater and what's coming up for the big celebration starting in August. There's a link to the theater and tickets on the webpage for this show at tvjerry.com. Coming soon in theaters. Well, I don't know which one people are more excited about, Barbie or Oppenheimer. I've actually heard that some people are planning a Barbieheimer and seen them both in a double feature. By the way, if you're planning to do that, I would suggest Oppenheimer first because it's three hours and then Barbie for a little dessert. Barbie, everybody I've talked with is eagerly awaiting this colorful comedy about America's favorite doll. Mm -hmm. 
Oppenheimer, the latest from Christopher Nolan, is a three-hour look at the creation of the atomic bomb revolving around the man who designed it. Cobweb, a thriller about a little boy who hears knocking noises from inside the walls of his home. Terrifier 3, the sequel was slated to open last weekend, but it's coming Friday, bringing Art the Clown back to terrify. TV and streaming. Praise Petey on Freeform. Annie Murphy, best known from Schitt's Creek, attempts to modernize her dad's cult in this animated comedy. The Deepest Breath on Netflix. This doc revolves around two people involved in the free diving world, which is when people go deep underwater without scuba gear. They cloned Tyrone. Also on Netflix, after two weeks in the theaters, this funky comedy starring Jamie Foxx is streaming. Disquiet on Paramount Plus. After an accident, Jonathan Rhys Myers finds himself trapped in a hospital with mysterious lethal forces. Stephen Curry Underrated on Apple TV, a doc about the famed basketball player. Dark Winds, the drama revolving around two Navajo police officers, returns for season two on AMC. Minx on Stars, after being renewed then canceled by HBO, the series about the creation of a female porn magazine has been revived on Stars for the second season. You can subscribe to this podcast on all the usual platforms, or you can visit tvjerry.com, click on the podcast tab, and there's a link. Next week, we'll hear from a composer who's working on numerous Star Wars series, some Marvel stuff, and lots more. This is Jerry Williams. Thanks for listening. For more Sister, including literally thousands Thousands of of reviews, reviews, visit tvjerry.com. That's a wrap.